Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. I'm Susie Ann, and this is Reset, your guide to news in Chicago and beyond. South suburbs of Oaklawn near Beverly and Palos Hills, police conduct at traffic stops is in the spotlight. It started with a bystander video of police tackling and beating a teen who they say resisted arrest after being pulled over. It went viral last week. 17-year-old Hadi Abu Atella, who is Palestinian-American, was hospitalized for six days after injuries he sustained. He was released from custody yesterday. We asked the Oaklawn Police Department about this case, but they declined to comment. Here to give us details about the case is Andy Grimm, courts reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times, and Emma Melton, staff attorney with the Council on American-Islamic Relations or CARE, which filed a civil rights lawsuit on Abu Atella's behalf. Andy, fill us in. What do we know about the traffic stop? Sure. So last Wednesday, uh, police in Oak Lawn claimed that they uh, spotted a vehicle and smelled the smell of uh, cannabis coming from the car. The uh, according to a young man who was driving the vehicle, uh, Hadi Abutala was a uh, was a passenger along with another teenager. Uh, they pulled off into a parking lot where uh, two officers got out, asked them to search the vehicle. Uh, as the uh, as the what we um, the police department released dashboard camera video showing the traffic stop, and it shows Hadi stepping out uh, as with his uh, companions. And as the police officer reaches to sort of pat him down, Hadi takes off running. Uh, there's a foot chase that follows for several blocks and at the intersection of 95th Street and McVickers Avenue in Oaklawn, which is sort of the main retail drag there mm-hmm. outside of a service station. The officers tackled uh, Hadi and uh, at that point they claimed that a bystander started uh, filming mm-hmm. video of the officers taking him into custody. Uh, which included the officers striking him repeatedly in the head and in the legs um, and uh, eventually tasing Mm. him. Yeah. And and police say that he was reaching for a gun in his bag. Uh, Here's a bit of Oakland Police Chief Daniel Vittorio talking about that. Let's take a listen. Once they feared that there was a weapon in there, that then turned into a deadly force incident. So had the offender drawn that weapon, he could have shot him. Now, Andy, you you described a bit uh, the video. Um, do we see something like that in the video of the bystander? You know, I have to admit, in both the video filmed by the bystander and the dashboard camera video that the police provided, uh, it is hard to see sort of what he is doing with his hands. The the weapon was uh, reportedly in a like a like a shoulder bag or like a fanny pack slung across his shoulder, and they said that he was reaching for it uh, as the officers were on top of him. Um, and that he continued to reach for it until he was uh, given what's called a drive stun with the taser, which is really just a it's, it's a it, um, it doesn't um, incapacitate. It causes like a mm. like a hard electrical shock that's quite painful. 
Yeah, and and he spent almost a week in the hospital. Um, Andy, what what injuries did he sustain? Uh, his mother says that he sustained uh, fractures to his face uh, and that he had bleeding inside of his skull, uh, that he had uh, also fractured his pelvis. As we saw uh, yesterday outside, as he left the juvenile court building, he was using a walker and um, uh, and uh, seemed to be in a, in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. He did spend about six days in the hospital, and then uh, the family's attorneys said that uh, Oakland police insisted on taking him into custody as soon as he had been released from the hospital. They took him directly from the hospital uh, with several officers, kept him at the station for several hours, and then transferred him to the uh, Cook County Juvenile Temporary Detention Center where he spent the night. Mm. And, and Emma, you've spoken with Hadi. How is he doing? You know, he's he's really shaken up right now. Um, this is obviously going to have some long-term, not only physical, but also emotional damage. Um, you know, he, he reports suffering from uh, some PTSD-like symptoms, anxiety, difficulty sleeping, um, in addition to all of the physical um, uh, incidents or injuries that uh, Andy had already described to you. So uh, we're looking at a long road to recovery, and um, it, mm-hmm. he's, he's definitely still struggling. Yeah. What about his family? Um, you know, his mom reports that this has been so difficult for her. You, you always see these things happening on the news and you never think about um, this really happening to your family and, you know, having to see your son being beaten um, on a video that's now gone viral, um, that's everywhere, um, it has really taken its toll on, on him, his siblings, his parents and everyone. Yeah. And Andy, uh, you mentioned after being released from the hospital, uh, Hattie was uh, transferred to Cook County Juvenile Detention Center. Why was he released? Yeah, so this is an interesting development in the case. Uh, the hearing yesterday was very brief, and there was not, uh, you know, a lot of discussion about the uh, the evidence against Hadi or the the uh, the conditions of his confinement. He was released to the custody of his parents. Uh, and prosecutors requested three weeks to review whether to move forward with the case. Um, there is an investigation ongoing of the arrest by the uh, Illinois State Police Public Integrity Task Force, which seems to be looking at excessive force. Attorneys for Hadi said that uh, he had spoken to officers from the state police about the uh, about the arrest. And, you know, it could be also that they are looking at the at uh, something unrelated to the use of force, but also like the, the probable cause. The young man that I spoke to that was driving the car said they didn't find any marijuana on mm-hmm. any of the the uh, occupants of the car, um, except for, I guess, a vape uh, device that uh, Hadi had on him. And there was no marijuana in the vehicle. And in fact, they were ticketed only for some minor violations mm-hmm. like a cracked windshield and failure to display the, yeah. the license plate. And there was a crowd of supporters outside the detention center. Um, Emma, tell us about that. Yeah, we've seen an incredible amount of community support for Hadi um, in in Oakland. Specifically, we have a really large Muslim population, um, and we're hearing from the community that this isn't the first incident that has made them fearful of Oakland police. And, you know, a lot of folks are just wanting to build that trust back up between the police and the community. Um, and you can see that by how many folks are coming out uh, to uh, show support for Hadi and his family and also to call for, for justice for him. Um, 
we're mm-hmm. still asking that these officers be fired um, and uh, that charges are pressed against them uh, for their involvement in these uh, in this act- action. Now, Oakland police declined to comment further until the state police public integrity task force wraps up its investigation into use of force. But they have said that the police were justified in their use of force. Um, Emma, what's your response to that? To us, that's really a scary thing for uh, Oakland police to say. Um, Watching that video is incredibly hard, even for me as someone who's done this work and has seen numerous videos like this. Um, You can tell that the officers who are much larger than Hadi, he's 115 pounds, um, there's these three large officers on top of him, and he um, is completely subdued. You don't you don't really see him moving much besides really trying to block some of the blows. Um, and I think the extent of his injuries really shows how brutal this beating was. And to know that this is something that's in line with what Oakland police want um, their officers to do when they're arresting someone is really scary. And we want to make sure that there's changes to uh, training and policies that ensure that something like this does not happen again. Um, we want to remind everyone that the police's job is not to be a judge or a juror, but to uh, be a police officer to uh, exact arrests and not punishment. So uh, they should have immediately handcuffed him and put him in the car um, instead of brutally beating him several times until he was incapacitated. And Andy, at this point, uh, no officers involved have been suspended or, or any sort of disciplinary measure? Yeah, as you heard in the, uh, the the police chief's remarks from last week, uh, you know, he said that, uh, that the fact that, uh, to his mind, that uh, Hadi was reaching for a weapon, and they did recover a, a loaded gun from the bag, uh, made it a deadly force incident. And I think this is something that we see across the country in a lot of the excessive force incidents is, uh, and there, and when these officers, if they are charged, end up going to trial. They have pretty strong protections if they can say that they felt that they were in fear of their uh, their life or the, the lives and safeties of uh, bystanders or their uh, their fellow officers, and so the the presence of the gun to the mind of the uh, of the uh, police chief seemed to be uh, you know to excuse the use of force. And in fact, he described some of those blows in terms of you know the, the, that uh, you would hear in a in a training uh, setting that that they were uh, that like punching him in the leg was a uh, I can't recall what, he, what term he used, but uh, again, that there were terms for the for the mm-hmm. what they were doing, and uh, so I think a lot of folks in the recent years are confronted by you know sort of what the uh, what the law allows and what police training does allow, and um, again, this has really galvanized the folks in the south suburbs. There, I've run into a lot of folks at these events uh, that you know I, I think watched a lot of the civil rights protests and police brutality protests mm-hmm. of the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, what they're telling me is that they never thought that it would happen to them. And we're, you know, unlike a lot of the protests I've been to over the last couple of years, I'd say that a good number of folks in the crowds here are, are, are mothers, uh, children, mm-hmm. and, and, um, uh, and also uh, there's a large Arab American population in the South suburbs, and they seem to be really appalled yeah. and to feel that this is part of a pattern of uh, surveillance and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, um, you know, uh, bias by police officers. Emma uh, Kerr, along with Zayed Abdullah, the lead lawyer on this case from Abdullah Law, filed a civil rights lawsuit on behalf of Hadi and his family. Uh, Can you tell us more about that? 
Yeah, so we filed a lawsuit on Monday um, alleging excessive force as well as uh, several state law violations. Um, we also have uh, challenged the um, the policy that allowed for these officers to make um, this type of arrest and to uh, exact this type of beating, um, you know, based on the chief's uh, response to this incident. We believe that, again, this is a bigger issue and that um, the, the real issue here, regardless of whether there was a gun, um, is, you know, how do they know that there was a gun and if even if there was a gun, there would be no reason for him to uh, be repeatedly beaten like that. Um, you know, an arrest needed to take place. Uh, handcuffs uh, are a great uh, tool that they have that they can use to subdue an individual and uh, put him in the cop car. And it, it's not their job to exact that punishment. So um, all of those claims are alleged in the complaint, as well as a battery uh, claim, as well as intentional infliction of emotional distress. Um, as Hadi is severely um, impacted by this mentally and emotionally. And, and Emma, you, you mentioned before, CARE has received complaints over the years that police harass the Muslim population in Oakland. Um, tell us more. What have you heard? Um, we've heard that, you know, there is a lack of trust between uh, police officers in the Arab-American community, specifically in Oak Lawn. Um, we have received numerous complaints of unfair treatment, um, not necessarily to this extent as Hadi uh, in terms of physical abuse, but definitely uh, lack of attention, lack of um, care when it comes to investigating and responding to uh incidents that are reported by Arab-American individuals. And Andy, uh, remind us of the charges that Hadi faces. Yeah, it's, uh, it's several charges. The, the lead charge was uh, for an aggravated uh, uh, unlawful use of a weapon. Um, he was also charged with resisting arrest uh, for possession of the cannabis material. And uh, I think there's another charge in there, but... Uh, that was the the bulk of it. He had about four counts, and uh, it's pretty clear that the uh, that the Oakland Police Department at least uh, really wanted to to uh, make a statement there. You know, including escorting him to the courthouse immediately, and uh, you know, pushing for a pretty serious slew of charges. Emma, the Cook County State's Attorney's Office has asked for more time to review the case. What do you make of that? Uh, so this is uh, you know. A juvenile matter, so the state's attorney has more time to decide whether they would like to press charges. Um, at this time, you know, we're respecting the state's attorney's decision to uh, further investigate this, and um, regardless of the outcome, you know, we'll we'll stand by Hadi, and um, our messaging doesn't change, our, our opinion doesn't change of the situation. And and in uh, the meantime, he's been released to the custody of his parents. Um, Emma, what, what's next for you as you um, look at this case? Yeah, so, you know, right now we're still just going to keep putting pressure on the on the police department, on the state's attorneys. Um, we want these officers to be held accountable. Um, you know, we're going to take the lawsuit as uh, far as it can go, and uh, we look forward to litigating this in court um, and getting justice for Hadi as he so deserves. And Andy, what will you be keeping an eye on? You know, I'm obviously watching the progression of the case through the courts and uh, just what action the state's attorney takes. And also, 
you know, just sort of keeping an eye on the, the, the progress of the civil rights lawsuit. Uh, I believe it was uh, one of the organizations uh, that's been helping organize some of these protests had recently issued a report that indicated there were a lot of, uh, you know, uh, discretionary stops and also, you know, investigations of uh, suspicious incident reports, I believe, you know, focusing on the Muslim American community in the South suburbs. And uh, yeah, I'm curious to sort of uh, see what they turned up. That's Andy Grimcourt's reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. Also with us, Emma Melton, staff attorney with the Council on American-Islamic Relations. Thank you to you both. That's it for today's Reset Podcast. Check back in with us daily for more conversations about the top local news you need to know about. And don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review. I'm Susie Ann. Thanks for listening and have a great day. See you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.